In 2021, your generosity towards greater was felt around the corner and around the world. Locally, we saw a greater impact in the city of Milwaukee than ever before. The food pantry continued to feed families every week with nearly 100,000 pounds of food given away over the course of the year. Life Center launched an after-school program to give students a safe place to belong to in the afternoon. At Thanksgiving, you provided 1,000 turkeys to families all over the city. And at Christmas, you provided over 1,500 gifts for children to open on Christmas Day. While we weren't able to take international missions trips in 2021, Life Church Youth was able to take a trip right in our backyard in an initiative called Serve MKE. In Brookfield, we were also able to complete the renovations of the gym, which has enabled us to launch an upwards basketball program. 90 children will learn about Jesus as they develop their basketball skills. We also continued to see Life Leadership College equip 12 students to go into full-time ministry. Through Greater, we are able to subsidize their education to make it more affordable to go to college and enter the ministry. Your generosity this year has provided monthly support to 35 missionaries and 20 missions organizations all over the world. Through Convoy of Hope, you were able to provide 1,250 children with daily meals for the entire school year. Through Fire Bible, you were able to purchase 5,200 Sri Lankan Fire Bibles to equip pastors in their heart language. Through Global University, you were able to send 100 Cuban ministry students through a year of ministry training. And through our next-gen ministries, 39,000 $353 was given to BGMC and Speed the Light, which is instilling the value of missions into our students at an early age. In 2021, we collectively gave $1,327,773.53. That's a 26% increase from our previous high, which was set in 2020. Thank you for your faithful and generous giving to Greater. The impact of the gospel has been felt all around the world. We cannot all go, but we can all send. That is awesome. I mean, awesome. Never in the history of this church have we been able to give away so much, invest so much around the corner, around the world, all because of your generosity. So again, I just want to say thank you. I want to welcome all of our campuses, online campus, Appleton campus, Brookfield campus, Milwaukee campus, Germantown campus, and we welcome all of our campuses. Wherever you're connecting with us from, we are so delighted that you're here. And again, thank you. This is nothing works like the local church works when the local church works, works the way the local church is designed to work. And this is what this is this is the beauty of the body of Christ, that you and I, as we are blessed, can be a blessing. 
And, and, then, and so even in the middle of craziness and a world that's going crazy, no mission trips last year internationally or outside the country. Any, I guess that means the same thing, right? Internationally, outside the country. And uh, sometimes my mouth gets going faster than my brain can, so pardon me on that. But uh, not be able to do any of that, but yet be able to do this and to give and your generosity. Now, this, is, this has been a six-year, for the last six years, we've been doing what we call greater. And we believe that tithe, so that 10% of our income, according to God's word, is about obedience. We're just trusting God that, that it's his and that he's blessed us with the, with the ability uh, to be able to... to um, make a living and do what we do. And so we honor him with that first 10% and we do that out of obedience. And then beyond that 10% is where generosity really begins because that's, that gets into the 90 that's ours. And so that's 1.3 million. That's where that comes from. It's, it's the above and beyond. It's, it's extreme generosity. And I just want to let you know, less than, probably less than a half percent of churches in the United States will do what you did in the last 12 months. It's incredibly rare what's happening and what you're doing. And the fact that you're responding, even in the middle of a season of, of uncertainty, you're, you're responding with such faith and not fear. It's just a testament to the God that we serve. It's a testament to you and your faith. It's also a testament and a testimony to our kids. If you saw that about Speed the Light and BGMC, those are just two programs that we work with in order to teach and instill the value of missions giving uh, around the corner, around the world to our children and then to that next generation of, of students uh, in, in, uh, in Life Church youth. And so, again, they gave close to $40,000 just within that, that entity. That's them. That's not you. That's not us. That's not anybody writing a big check. That's just simply them doing what they're, what they're doing. And the past couple of years, we have all been kind of coming through this this pandemic, COVID, whatever you want to call it, this craziness, and it's had effects. Uh, there's effects that, that have happened, uh, and it's dramatically touched and affected the church worldwide dramatically. Uh, studies are showing that there is a rapid decline in church attendance. It is the lowest that it's ever been in America since we began as a country. Uh, this isn't just something that's happening in America. It's happening around the world. It's not just affecting the church, but it's affecting missionaries globally uh, in, a real, in a very real way because of the pandemic, because of restrictive travel. Uh, we've not been able to go, so they've not received teams. And so projects and things of that nature, missionaries uh, have, have not had the, the short-term trips have kind of ceased. Um, support, uh, support financially, just to be really honest with you, for missionaries is down. So what we're experiencing here of being up uh, is pretty amazing. Matter of fact, I have received phone calls and probably as this goes public on social media that you gave so much, I will receive other calls from, from other leaders saying, hey, tell us how you're doing this. This is not common. And I say that because again, I, I live in this church world and this missions world. And, and uh, matter of fact, I will be helping to raise uh, quite a bit of money in just the next couple of weeks for, for Cuba, for Global University that you just saw that on the screen. Um, and have had a trip on the books for the last two years, which have been canceled due to COVID and COVID restrictions. And uh, quite frankly, not wanting to be quarantined in a communist country and not be able to get back. So it's like, I'll just wait till everything opens up and I can get in with a, with a special visa. The reality is, is that um, uh, mission support has dropped off. And, current, and quite consequently, there's missionaries that have literally come off the field 
because the churches that were supporting them are no longer supporting them because it's just lack of revenue. And this is happening. And at times when you hear this, it kind of seems bleak. It's kind of like, I shaved my legs for this. Like, really, this is what you're, I thought, are we going to celebrate 1.3? Aren't we excited? Yes. If you have your Bibles, Matthew chapter 16. I'm going to give you a message today. I've got a lot of information to cover, so I'm going to do it pretty quick because I want to talk to you about what I think God's doing in 2022. But this is a message that I think is for, I think it's for three, three groups of people. First of all, I think it's for the church. That's us corporately together. And when I use the word corporate, I don't mean corporate like business. I mean corporate like together, the whole, the totality. I think it's a message for what God wants to do in our world and what he's going to do in our world. Um, And thirdly, I think it's a message for you as a Christ follower. Maybe you're not a Christ follower. This is a great, I'm so glad that you're here. You may go, well, man, you're just talking about the church and talking about evangelism and, and changing the world for Jesus. And I don't even know that I believe in Jesus. Yes, No greater testament are you going to hear than people who give their hearts and their lives and their souls and their strengths in order to to give this gospel message around the corner around the world. Because then it makes you wonder, why are these people doing this? Why would you give that kind of money away? And uncertainty and inflation and when everything is at a high volatility and the projections are not great, why in your right mind would you do that? I'm glad you're here because we're going to unpack that for just a minute. And so today, I just want to encourage you. I think this is going to be an encouraging message. If you don't have, have, your, have a Bible or you haven't been able to pull it up on your phone, it's going to be on the screen. Matthew chapter 16, verse 13 through 18 says this. Now, when Jesus came to the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Verse 14. And they said, some say John the Baptist, others Elijah. Others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets, verse 15. But he said to them, who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And then Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, 2021 might have been difficult. 2021, there were missionaries that came off the field. 2021, people had a tendency to pull back. But I can promise, and I can't promise you that 2022 will be any different. We live in a very crazy world. And, and, and I don't know if you've ever had this thought, I'm just, I'm going to go off the grid for this one. I'm, I, this is just too crazy for me. If you have, welcome, you're in good company. If you haven't, hang on, it may happen. I don't know, whatever. But, but we all kind of go, no, we're here. God called us here. We're here at this place in this time. But I can promise you, regardless what's going to happen in our world, regardless what happens in politics, regardless what happens in the news, regardless what happens in the stock market, regardless what happens in the United States or around the world, we have this promise. As a church of Jesus Christ, we have this promise. As Christ followers, we have this promise. I'm gonna preach in a minute. As the bride of Christ, we have this promise that hell will not prevail against us or the church of Jesus Christ. Amen? Man, I hope at these other campuses, y'all are clapping louder than, than they are right here. I mean, let me say that again. Just rewind that tape. All right. As the church of Jesus Christ, as Christ followers, the gates of hell will not prevail against us. It's not going to stop us. It's not going to hold us back. Amen. Amen. 
I know we typically reserve that type of craziness for the Packers, but just work with me this morning, amen? See, I believe that the enemy of our soul, Satan himself, is so stirred up and so mad because the church of Jesus Christ is advancing and doing exactly what Jesus said we would do in Caesarea Philippi 2,000 years ago, that he's unleashed everything that he can and he's doing everything that he can to steal, kill, and destroy. But God's word is yes and amen. It's not my word. It's not a church's word. It's not your word. It's God's word. And so as we enter into this next year, as Christ followers, as a church, globally, as we engage in missions, here's what I want to remind you. Here's the message I want to give you. First, that the Christian life is a battleground, not a playground. Don't ever forget that. That the Christian life is a battleground, not a playground. This is the reason why not everybody wants to follow Jesus. This is the reason not everybody wants to go to church. This is the reason why not everybody wants to do this. Everybody likes to sit in the stands and play, and play the armchair quarterback and say, this is what I would do. But the amount of rigor, the amount of discipline, the amount of hard work, the amount of hits, because this is a full contact sport, baby. The amount of everything that you have when you're in the huddle and you're in the game and you're on the field, it's not a playground. It's a battleground. And you've got to understand that this battlefield is real. John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus says that the, key, that the thief, Satan himself, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what he wants to do. And your life, and your marriage, and your home, and your church, and in your world, he wants to steal it, he wants to kill it, he wants to destroy you. You're in the crosshairs of the enemy when you say yes to Jesus. That's not something that we preach a lot in America today. Because in America, we really wanted Jesus as like an upgrade. Like, yeah, I like power windows. Oh, a moonroof would be awesome. Heated seats, wow. Heated stereo, I mean, uh, steering wheel, not stereo. Heating steering wheel, that's a whole nother level. When you give your life to Christ, the enemy himself goes, I'm going to try to take them out. When you connect to a local church, I'm going to try to take them out. When you do anything, because there's a spiritual I didn't write the book, guys. I wish it wasn't this way, but this is the truth. And that may sound extreme, but look around at the world around you. Look at the disease. Look at the scandals. Look at the disunity. Look at the abuse of people in power. Look at your own personal world. Look at the people that you know that are under attack, marriages that are under stress, families that are falling apart, children that are walking away from their faith. Who do you think is behind all of that? I'm not here to discourage you today. I'm here to encourage you. But scripture tells us that the enemy always fails when he is met with a believer who is armed and dangerous. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 11 says, Therefore put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles or the schemes of the devil. Why? Because there are schemes of the devil. There are plans and plots and purposes to try to take you out, to try to, to, try to neutralize you. To, this is a war. This is a war. This is a battle. I didn't write this. I didn't put this. This is reality. And as a Christ follower, if you're, you, you're equipped to follow God, uh, not, not just not on the def defensive, but the offensive. If you look at the armor of God, there is nothing on the rear guard. All of the armor of God is about moving forward. It's never about retreat or surrender. The only place in scripture where God says that he will guard the rear guard of you is through fasting. That's it. 
In the Old Testament, Isaiah talks about this, that when you began to fast, that the power of God will break forth like the noonday sun and he will be your rear guard. That's the only reference. The armor of God, the New Testament, everything is about moving forward and advancing. It's not about taking anything from the back. It's not about being hit from behind. It's all, we are on the offense. And this is where churches, this is where they miss it. This is where Christians miss it. We become this little holy huddle and we're just gonna come back to just, just circle the wagons until Jesus comes and let's just, let's don't make anybody bad. No, no, we've never been caught. We've never been made to cower or to pull back. We're made to advance. We're made to, to, to push back darkness. I'm gonna explain this a little bit more in a moment, but Paul says if we're going to have victory in our lives and victory in our homes and victory in our businesses and victory in our churches, victory in our world, we're gonna have to put on the entire armor of God because this is not a playground, it's a battlefield. Second statement, Satan is God's enemy, but not his equal. Satan is God's enemy, but not his equal. Totally different. This is not Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker, right? This is not the dark side and the light side. This is not like good versus evil where one, it's an equal equation. No, 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 no. The Bible says that God is high above the heavens and there is none beside him. There is none above him. There's only those below him. Colossians, excuse me, uh, uh, yeah, Colossians chapter 2, verse 13 through 15 says, you were dead because of your sins and because of your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive in Christ and he forgave you of your sins. He, can, he canceled the record of the charges against us. He took it away by nailing it to the cross. And in this way, we are armed, or excuse me, we are disarmed, the spiritual rulers and authorities. And he shamed them publicly by his victory over the cross. See, only God is is, is omnipotent. Only God is omnipresent. Only God is omniscient. Satan is finite. He's limited. He has limitations. And the truth of the matter is, is that we believe through Jesus Christ, what we just read in Colossians chapter two, that God went to battle for you and went to battle for me. He gave, Jesus gave his life for yours and for mine. And through Jesus's life, death and resurrection, he defeated Satan. He defeated death. He defeated sin and the grave. And Satan is persistent. Satan is persistent, but you and I have power over him because of the God that's in you, because God that's in me and the God that's in you and the God that's in me has already overtaken him and already won. That's the reason why Jesus so confidently states in Caesarea Philippi that the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. And in 2022, we will have dark moments. <laughs> there will be attacks of the enemy, but ultimately the darkness will not prevail in your life. If you'll stand firm, the darkness will not prevail in your home. If you'll stand firm, the darkness will not prevail in the next generation. If you'll stand firm, the darkness will not prevail in our church, in our city, in our county, in our state, in our country, and in our world. If we will stand firm, this is what God's word says. Again, these are not my words. This is not a rah-rah speech. This is not like some halftime or pregame coach coming in saying, let's do it. We can take the other team. We've already beaten the other team. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. This is not a competition. The reality is, is do we believe it? The reality is, do we live like it? The reality is, do we get up every day and put on the full armor of God and move forward and understand that God has no equals. He has an adversary called, the, called Satan, but he is not equal to who God is. Amen. Wow. Thank you, Tammy. I'm preaching way better than these people are shouting. All right. Number three. It's my third statement. I got nine minutes left. This is good. I'm cooking with gas here, baby. God calls his church to action, not reaction. 
God calls you and I, his church, to action, not reaction. We are not called to passive Christianity. If you want passive Christianity, find another church. If you want a church, now listen, we're not activists in the way like, oh, we're fixing it. No, 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 we're not. If you're looking for crazy too, we're not that either, amen? <laughs> hey, amen, just, yeah, I'm just telling you right now. I, crazy, I'll direct you to another place. But when it comes to stepping into the darkness and making a difference in the name of Jesus, that's what I'm talking about. When it, when it, you know, we read, if you were doing soap this week, you, you read the, the, the prophetic passage in the book of Isaiah when, about Jesus, that he would, he's the one that would heal the brokenhearted. He would, he would bind up their wounds. He would set the captives free. Those who are in darkness will be set to liberty. That's what we're called to do. We're called to step into a dark world and bring light. We're called to step into a tasteless world and bring taste and taste and through salt. We're, 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 we're called to, to bring hope to people that are hopeless. We're called to bring life to people that are lifeless. Not in us, but in Jesus Christ, him through us. That's what we're called to do. And so that when I talk about, when I talk about being active or activated, that's what I'm talking about. I, I'm not talking about our wrestle. Our fight is not against flesh and blood. Our fight is not against political parties. Our fight is not against physical regimes. Our fight is not of this world. We are battling spiritual darkness in high places. Again, not my words, not my idea, not my thought. Isaiah, excuse me, Ephesians chapter six talks about this. But we are not called to, to reaction, but to action. We're not called to passive Christianity, but to an active one. We're not called to sit back. We're called to stand firm. Just listen to this for a moment. The Bible uses these action verbs like this to call us as Christ followers to action. James 1.19, be quick. 1 Peter 1.13 says, be sober-minded. Uh, 1 Peter 5.8 says, be alert. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12 says, be vigilant. Colossians 4.12 says, be prayerful. Revelation 2.10 says, be faithful. Uh, Titus 3.1 says, be ready. Over and over and over and over. This is not a defensive strategy. It's not a defensive posture. It's an offensive strategy, e.g. It's an offensive posture. Jesus calls us to follow him. And in following him, we put everything else aside and we follow Jesus. Go back to the very beginning of the text. He said that the gates of hell would not prevail against us. Gates. Gates are not a defensive mechanism, excuse me, an offensive mechanism. They're a defensive mechanism. If you put a fence around your yard and you have a gate, you're trying to protect it. You're trying to defend it. You're trying to define it. Notice the gates are not around the church. The gates are around hell. Jesus says, basically, we will storm the gates of hell. We, the church, are not in a defensive, cowering, defining uh, uh, position. Or we, we instead are in a very offensive place. We will bust through those gates of hell. We will mow hell over. Not in ourselves, but through Jesus Christ. Not in our power, but in him. And because you and I are of no contest against the enemy. We're not. But Jesus through us? Man, that's the difference. That's what happens. That's what makes all the difference in the world. And so as a church, we're not called to defense. That's hell's role. We're called to the offense. Paul will write into the church in Corinth in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not of flesh, but have a divine power to destroy strongholds. 
And as you and I go through this year and we act boldly through this year, we have supernatural weapons like prayer, like the word of God, like faith, like the power of the Holy Spirit. Those are the weapons that the Lord has given us to be able to wage war against the enemy as he tries to come into our own lives, as he tries to come into our families, as he tries to come into our marriages, as he tries to come into our schools, as he tries to come into our, our government and anything else that he would try to do, we stand against this. We push against this and we fight this battle, not alone, but through him. I don't talk a lot about this. Um, I think partially because some, to some degree, I think you know this. But one thing that's become apparent to me in the last 24 months is the amount of people that have just kind of folded like a cheap suit. And I want to go, whoa, whoa, whoa. I get the frustration. Trust me. I, I get the, all the rules are changing. Trust me. My biggest frustration, can I just tell you, they don't have chopsticks at Panda Express right now. That's, that's the biggest COVID issue I'm dealing with. And I wish I was joking with you, but I'm not. It's like, you don't have your Chinese restaurant. Why do you not have chopsticks? Okay. <sighs> Or this place is open or that place isn't open, right? Or this place closed or that. And I just like, what is going on? And this is happening and that's happening. And this person, all this crazy, all that kind of a deal. But the truth of the matter is, is that, is that we overcome. We win. The, the, look, it doesn't matter what the enemy throws against us. We win. Do you, do you think at some point we... God went, oh, I never saw this disease coming. Where did it come from? Where, where, can somebody talk to me? Can I talk to so-and-so? Maybe I need to consult. So where, where uh, you know, God's not getting on the CDC website to try to figure this thing out. Do you understand that? <laughs> He's got this. And you and I were born for this time. Let me say that again. You were created for this moment. He knew when he, if, 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 if God is a giver of life, he knew. So what does that mean? That means, okay, God palms up. What do you want me to do? What, what, and, and this piece of history and this season of the church, what do I need to do? Sometimes you're just faithful. Sometimes you're just constant. Sometimes you're just, when you do, Paul says, when you've done all that you know to do to stand, then just stand firm. Sometimes you just stand firm. Don't lose your mind. Don't go crazy. Don't go, just stand firm. But the last thing we do is not to cower or to take a defensive position because we've never been called to that. And the day that the church becomes defense, the day the church thinks that hell is gonna overtake us, we're done. Because that's not biblical. It's never biblical to go, well, let's just sit around and so Jesus comes, let's don't make anybody mad, let's don't make anybody upset. They killed Jesus because he told them the truth. They nailed him to a tree and every disciple died a martyr's death except for John and they tried to boil him alive but they could not boil him and kill him so they exiled him to the Isle of Patmos and there he has the greatest revelation that we've ever been given which is called the book of revelation that we completely don't understand but it's how this thing will unfold in the end. And he dies at some point on that island chained and jailed and alone. Why? Because he was a follower of Jesus Christ. The Roman Empire made sport of Christians and Christ followers, and they fed them to the lions, and they put them in, in the gladiator pits, and they made sport and made fun until God rose up a, an emperor who basically took Christianity and said, this is what we're going to do. We're going to be a Christian nation, and it relieved the persecution and the pressure, but for a season. 
We're made for this. And the church never dies, it grows. It, it, it's kind of like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. They don't die, they multiply, amen? That's what we're called to be, baby. Seriously, I don't even have time to unpack all that, but I'm just telling you, that's the reason why I'm excited today. So let me tell you, as we go into 2022, what this means about us pressing forward and not backing down. Now, again, if this is too much anxiety for you, I can get you to a small church where they're just gonna pray and it's gonna talk like this and you're gonna sing it's well with my soul and just everybody's gonna take a deep breath. This is not one of those places because I believe this is a great opportunity. I believe that we, no eye has seen, no ear has heard what God has in store for us. I believe we're the bride of Christ. I believe he is coming for us. And the Bible says in the last days before the trumpet of the Lord sounds and before time is no more, there will be a great remnant that will come together. There will be a great move of God. There will be a great harvest in the earth like we've never seen in our lives. And maybe we're on the precipice of that. Maybe we're on the edge of that. Maybe we're on the verge of that. I, I don't know, but here's what I know. In 2022, we're not just going to react to what's happening in our world. We're going to act. We're not going to respond to what's happening in the world. We're going to do what Jesus called us to do. We're going to take our playbook, not from CNN or Fox or BBC or any other news network. We're going to take our playbook from God's word, and we're going to look at this. And so today, you've got this greater booklet that's on the seat. As you came in today, it's sitting right there, and this holds all of the projects above and beyond around the corner and around the world that we're going to do. I just want to highlight a couple of those real quick before we're done today. First, Fire Bible. Fire Bible is, and this is, this is uh, right there in the very beginning, Fire Bible is an initiative that has a goal of providing a full life study Bible in the heart language of every person in the entire world, especially pastors and leaders. Matthew 24, 14 says, and this gospel of the kingdom, God's word, will be preached to the whole world as a testimony to all the nations, then the end shall come. Again, when every nation and every tribe and every kindred and every tongue hear the gospel message in their heart language, Jesus will come back. That's what the Bible says. So what do we want to do? We want to get God's word out there. This is how we do it. And so the truth of the matter is, is that every year we've been meeting with Fire Bible saying, hey, what can we do? How can we help? And so Ryan and I sat down and we met with the president of Life Publishers who does the Fire Bible. And, uh, and so last year we did North Korea, uh, uh, or excuse me, we did Sri, Sri Lanka. The year before that, we did the North Korean Full Life Study Bible. This year, we are, we've signed on to, to probably the biggest, most audacious goal that we have is, is to the Congo, which is actually, this is a picture of the Congo. It's in Central uh, Africa. And so it's an area that's a hotbed for a lot of things that are going on as far as with the tensions between Christians and Muslims and everything that's happening. There's around 20 million people who live in this area that speak Lingala. And so there needs to be a Bible, a full life study Bible for these pastors, for these leaders, for these churches, for these people, for these Christ followers. And so we're going to provide that. We're gonna get that over the line. And so in June, we're gonna be presenting you with this opportunity to be able to, to, be able to give this Bible, to be able to finish this Bible, to be able to pay for this so that it gets done and it gets to these people this year. That's the goal. I got to move on. The second thing is Priority One. It's in, it's in your book as well. Priority One is an organization that builds Bible colleges all over the world. And again, later on in March, I'm going to be unpacking this. But, uh, but some of you remember when we opened the building at Germantown, the Germantown facility, 
that uh, that auditorium, uh, we had a very special lady, probably one of the greatest female missionaries, I'd say probably one of the greatest missionaries, period, uh, was here, Hulda Montaigne, holding her husband, Mark, served uh, in Calcutta for decades, their entire life, they gave themselves. And so Holda was here that Mother's Day 2013. She's been back several times since. She went to be with the Lord in June. Uh, in, in her mid-90s, she was still traveling. She was still calling me ever so often saying, Pastor, I need some more money. Can you send me some money? I mean, how do you tell her no? It's like telling your grandmother, no, I can't do that for you. Yes, ma'am, what do you need? And so I was, uh, uh, I'll be unpacking this more for you, but one of her desires was to see a Bible college built in northern India in an area called Nagaland. There is not one there. And if you know anything about what's happening in India today, uh, it, is, it is getting very, very, very difficult to spread the gospel. And the government's making that very restrictive. And so there's more and more and more need for leaders and for house churches and for things of this nature. And so long story short, we're going to help finish we're going to build, they, there's an office administration and a, and a chapel and a cafeteria and a men's dorm and a women's dorm. By the time I found out about this, everything was paid for except for the women's dorm. And so I said, we'll do it. We'll figure it out. We'll do it. And so that's what we're going to do this year. We're going to, we're going to do that. And, and we'll be able to take a trip and, and be able to see that. But that's going to be happening. I'll be unveiling that in March. There's international churches that we're going to be connecting with that we're helping plant. And, and these are all in the book. One is in New Zealand. So Nathan and Lisa Turney, they're going to Auckland. And they're going to be planting a church. And so I'm sure we'll have quite a few people that want to go on that trip. Amen. Not many people want to go to the Congo, but many of you want to go to New Zealand. I get it. Awesome. That's great. But we'll, that's what we're going to be doing in 2022. We're supporting them right now as missionaries and doing that. Second uh, is in France, Kevin and Noel Miller. Also, Mackenzie Mueller uh, is there. Matter of fact, she just got there this weekend. And so they are in south of France in Toulouse in an area. I know that sounds pretty bougie, doesn't it? Like, I'm going to go to the south of France and do the work of the kingdom. That's what I said to Kevin. Is this really kingdom work or is this just more like international living? So he was joke. It's a joke. They're going there to plant a church. I just talked to Kevin this week on the phone. He said, Pastor, we started with the, we just got here in the fall. We, they got their visas and there's still, again, a lot of crazy COVID restrictions. We just started having a, a prayer meeting in the church, excuse me, in our house. It's grown to 36 people to the point that now we were having problems with our landlord. Could you imagine? Let's just stop for a moment. When was the last time your homeowners association or, or the people in your apartment complex, your condo community came to you and said, you're gonna have to quit having a prayer meeting? Woo, don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. These are the kind of missionaries that I love. And so this is what's happened. He said, so we've literally gone offsite now. We're finding a place because there's such a hunger for God. There's such a thing. And, and there is a vast need for church in south of France. So again, that's happening, doing this. Uh, another one is in Northern Ireland. We've been working with Andy and Victoria Gamble in Londonderry. And so this is an area that's basically been a real hotbed for the IRA through the years. And um, I've been there, I've been able to preach. It's launched and then COVID hit. And so we've been helping them through this season. And again, these are places in Western Europe where you go, why are you so interested in Europe? Because the church, there's like less than, there's like 1% of the population that goes to church. No one goes. And church is just a dead thing. And so to see life brought back and life change happen. And so right before COVID, they were right about 100 people when I preached there. And, and uh, Pastor Dylan, our campus pastor from the Brookfield campus was with me. And, and it was great to see that. But this 
Christmas Eve, and again, they've had crazy COVID restrictions. This fall, things began to lift. And Christmas Eve, they did a Christmas Eve service. And 400 people showed up in the community. It had such renown that the mayor of the city, again, this doesn't happen in Ireland like this. The mayor of the city brought Andy in and had a conversation. And actually, because you're giving through Greater, actually went to help make that service happen. The mayor of Londonderry wanted to give a personal message to you, Life Church. Check this out. Hi, Life Church. I'm here with our mayor, and he wanted to send a short message of thanks to you for being such a huge part of the journey here at the Hills Church. Thank you. As Mayor of Derry City and Ian's District Council, I just want to say thank you for your investment in the Hills Church. In such a short time, this church has made such a huge impact and is so inspiring. The church is changing the lives of people here in the Northwest and beyond, and it's so special what's happening here. And we just wanted to say a huge thank you for being part of it. Wow. Amen. Again, when was the last time the mayor was so moved by a church service that was happening that just said, come in, we wanna say thank you. And they were so interested in how Andy was able to get people in the community together and the work that they're doing. And again, part of it is they're getting attention because they're not about themselves, but they're reaching around the corner and around the world to touch people for Jesus. The last church, and there, it's, there's an article about Luke and Emma Bryant in here uh, in the greater booklet that Luke and Emma have been great friends of ours. They're in Liverpool, Liverpool One Church. And uh, again, these churches in Western Europe especially were hammered. They were hit very, very, very hard with COVID and COVID restrictions to the point of you go out for exercise one hour a day or you could go to the doctor's office or to, um, or to the grocery store. I mean, it was that level of restrictions for seasons. And so we've been partnering with them and helping them and working with them. And again, we, we've done trips and we plan to do more and also to plant more churches just like these throughout Europe. Okay, I'm out of time today. I, I wanna end with just simply this. As we move in this year, what can I do beyond just living my life for Jesus? I want you to grab this. I want you to grab this commitment card. I promise you it's not gonna bite you. I'm not gonna, I just, if you'd grab it, hold it up so I can see it. Every campus, wherever, just boom, 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 just right there. So to make sure we're on the same page. I want you to take that out. And the backside, basically, um, you're gonna have a moment if, if you wanna if you wanna do something, you'll have a moment to basically give us a name and email, phone, or whatever information you want to give. But I'm asking you to do three things. It's right here on the card. First of all, is pray. And I'm not just saying that because oh, that sounds spiritual. Let's do that. No, 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 no. If we're gonna do what God's called us to do, the Bible says that our warfare is not carnal, which means it's not flesh, it's spiritual. And spiritual battles are won and lost in prayer. So I'm gonna ask for you to like take this greater book and pray for these missionaries, pray for these church plants, pray, pray for these pastors and these churches, pray, pray for these initiatives, pray that God, listen, pray that God will bless our congregation, that he'll bless you in such a way that when these offerings come around, you'll be able to give what you wanna give. I know you wanna give, that's not a question, but that God will bless you and that God will do that. And here's what I know, God will get it to you if he can get it through you. And so we wanna pray, we wanna pray. I'm telling you, one of the secret sauces to Life Church is greater. It's not about us. 
It's not about, this isn't, this isn't go for overhead or does, this doesn't go for expenses or salaries. All of this goes out. Secondly, commit to go. You go, that's crazy, Aaron. I, you don't even have any, any mission trips on the books. Yeah, I know I don't. I, I'm gonna check this box probably like with a Sharpie and I may even circle it with a red, red one when I put my card in because I'm so ready to go. I mean, I love to travel and I love international. I love missions. It's been two years since I've been on foreign soil. And I just, I'm so asking God, please open the door that we'd be able to go the way we need to go, the way we want to go, so that this COVID, that this, all these restrictions will lift. It's kind of like when I was a kid going to the Crystal Palace Skate Center. Anybody with me? Remember? Quads. And, uh, and so, and then, you'd, you know, they do the couple skate and everything. You had to go backwards and they turn the lights down. And then that was over. Great. I don't want to hold some girl's hand and skate around the rink. I'm in the sixth grade. So, and then it was like the lights came on, the music came on, and it was all skate. Everybody skate. Let's all go the right direction and skate. It's, I, I'm just believing that this will be the year where we, we can all go. We can all do. And so, doing that. So third thing is commit to give financially. And so the reason why I ask this is this helps us to be able to determine what we can say yes to. We like to say it this way. We run at the speed of your generosity. So if a million dollars comes in this year, not the 1.5 that we have a goal for, that's how many projects are in this book, then okay, we'll, we'll fund a million dollars worth of the projects that are in this, in this booklet. If more than 1.5 comes in, which is what this book basically represents, then uh, I promise you there are more opportunities just like these of calls, letters, emails that we receive from viable missionaries, projects, and organizations that we can be a part of. And so what we'll prayerfully do is engage and move in that direction. So I'm gonna ask you, what is it that you feel like you're supposed to do? If you've been doing something for a while, I would encourage you. I, I, would, I would really, um, I'd triple dog dare you. Just to say, God, what do you want me to do? And maybe it's as simple as, I just wanna move this by a percent this year. Maybe you've never done anything like this. I just encourage you just to, this is something I wanna do. Maybe it's 1% of your giving or your, or your income or whatever it may be. Just, just start somewhere. Just start somewhere and see God bless it and God grow. That's what, I can just, just be honest with you, Tammy and I, uh, that's what we do. We just, we start at a particular level and then every year we try to incrementally increase, 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 increase. And what's really cool is at the end of the year when you get the, the, the thing back from the church, the statement that says what you've given, it's amazing to see how just those methodical, reoccurring, automated gifts that we give, that we just, we made a decision at this point in the year, throughout the course of the year, wow, that was given for ministry. You know what the crazy thing is? And, and talk to anybody who's given, is at the end of the year, you go, I didn't really miss it. Because again, but man, I felt blessed to be a part of it. So whatever that is, put that down there and just write that down. Now, if you're not ready to do something today, you can hang on to this card and you can drop it off next week or the next week. That's fine. If you don't fill out a card and you want to give to greater, that's fine. This is between you and God. I don't know what you've given. I don't know what the numbers are. I don't know. All I know is that last year we gave $1.3 million. And I know that in 2022, because we're going to advance, we're going to give $1.5 million. Now, some of you think I'm crazy. That's okay. People have been saying, I've been, I'm crazy. 
for doing this for a long time, but it just keeps growing and God just keeps blessing and he just keeps bringing people here to do this. This isn't about me. This is about, this is about what God called us to do. That the gates of hell would not prevail against us. So I wanna pray for you right now. Would you take this card in your hand and I'm gonna pray for you and then you're gonna have a chance to reflect and process about what it is that God wants you to do. Father, I just thank you today for the opportunity to be able to be a part. I give you praise, Lord, for 1.3 million. Wow. That's given away. Lord, I'm just amazed at what you've done and what you're doing. We started giving 20 years ago, one missionary at a time every month on a Wednesday night in a midweek prayer and Bible study service. And it's gone from $29 a month for a missionary to 1.3 million. To you be the glory, God. Thank you, Lord, for blessing us. Thank you, God, for bringing people here to be a part of this. Thank you, Lord, for a church that loves the world the way you do, Jesus. So I just pray you'd help us. God, I know our desire is to give and to go. So I just pray, Lord, as we pray, Lord, I pray for every missionary that's in these books. God, for every project that's here, God, that you will bless them, that you'll keep them, that you'll make your face shine upon them and that you'll be gracious unto them. I pray, Lord, we'll be able to, to financially be able to support at the level that it's our desire and that we feel like this is what you want us to do. God, in a way that you'd be glorified and magnified. I pray, Lord, as we check that box to go on trips, Lord, that you'll open up the opportunity that this year we'll be able to go and travel foreign soil to be able to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ around the corner and around the world. I pray, open that up. In Jesus' name, we believe for that. And I pray, Lord, for the commitments that we're gonna make today at every campus, at Appleton, at Brookfield, at Milwaukee, Germantown, and even online. I just pray, Lord, as we make those commitments, that you'll bless us. Open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing upon us so great we don't have room enough to contain it. In Jesus' name.